FM. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. is Trent Condon. It's Ken Miller. We're with you for the next couple of hours talking sports with you on a Wednesday. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list... Here today, we've got uh, Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star, in about 25 minutes. Uh, that pillow fight between Penn State and Nebraska's 11 o'clock kick on FS1. A couple of winless teams. Nebraska and Penn State. Pillow fight. Winless in the Big Ten. Someone is going to win. Well, we have Purdue Northwestern, a battle of undefeated. Yeah, think about that, right? Yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> think about that. More likely to happen when we were killing <laughs> segments back in... March, April, May, June, dot, dot, dot. Uh, but here we are, and the uh, two winless teams will play. We'll talk to Stephen M. Sipple, uh, what's going on uh, over in Nebraska. At 10.45, Bill Bender from the Sporting News will be here. We will talk college football, as we always do during the college football season, with our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He's their national columnist. At 11.05, it's Wednesday. That means Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible yet again for us to speak with our friend David Kaplan from the Windy City. A lot of bears, a lot of White Sox. Boy, Tony La Russa, just that, that story that came out yesterday. It was bad before. Mm-hmm. Um, we found out the arrest report spelled out what happened during the uh, from the time he was pulled over and from the time he started to play the Do You Know Who I Am? I'm legit. I'm a Hall of Famer. This is my Hall of Fame ring. I'm legit, man. Uh, just, just awful. And the fact that, Trent, that he was pulled over by... He was knocked out, essentially. I mean, <laughs> Samaritans driving behind this drunk... Uh, on whatever uh, road that he was on, thought that this guy is going to hurt someone or himself, and uh, and and called the called nine one one to alert them. And sure enough, when nine one one got to the vehicle, it had already caused uh, it had already been in a wreck, and the Russo was standing outside, and uh, it just went from there. So with Cappy, obviously, I don't see how the White Sox can keep him. This is an embarrassment on the on the team. Um, it's look. We'll see, but I, I I would be shocked if Tony Larusa uh, makes it to uh, Arizona for spring training. Fingers crossed. We have spring training. Yes, exactly. Uh, so we'll talk to David Kaplan, and then we're going to get into the Big Twelve with our friend Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. Matt of the of the talent of the talent of the writers over at um, at Heartland College Sports. Some of them are football only. I think Matt's a little more versatile. I mean, he's yes. really good on football. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but I think he might be their strongest Big Twelve basketball guy. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. He does probably out of everybody the most on also the basketball side of things and speaking of basketball as we prepare for our tv show you can catch on mediacom inside the numbers on sports wagering odds to win the big 12 in hoops oh that came out are they going to be part of our show they are i didn't see the script yet part of the script uh baylor is your favorite plus 165 kansas right behind them at plus 170 yeah west virginia the third choice Ah. a little better than five to one 525 there Six to one for Texas Tech. I might be looking at Texas Tech. They're I like be that good, squad. Trent. We talked to Chris Lovell before the football game, mm-hmm. Iowa State Texas Tech, and the more I looked at him, 
Moriarty's gone. They lost one other player, obviously, to the NBA. But other than that, they got a couple of transfers that are eligible, a couple of guys that are going to be immediately eligible, plus a really good core beard. It's as good of no, he's college coaches yep. you're going to find at that price. Six and to his one. whole staff. No, I'm with you, Trent. I think that that's uh, worth taking because I can't bet favorite. I wouldn't bet mm-hmm. Baylor, Kansas. It's no fun betting no. on Kansas, even, even though it usually works out right. <laughs> but I guess you swallow hard and you take the cash, right? Uh, I'm with you. That's a good price. So where's Iowa State? They are your seventh choice, eighty to one. Eighty to one to win the conference. To win the conference. And who's below them? TCU I mean, and K State. Okay, yeah. TCU and K-State. No Oklahoma State because they're not oh, eligible. At this point, no. I wonder where they would be. Cunningham is the... Probably ahead of Oklahoma, behind Texas, I would say. Uh, in that the, sixth Middle spot. of the pack, somewhere yeah. in there. Cunningham's legit. Going to yeah. be there for one year before he goes off to the NBA, so enjoy him. But that's an... Yeah, that, that makes sense that they're uh, not on the uh, on the uh, listing, the offering sheet, if you will. Um, so we got the... Uh, you want to hear the Big Ten odds to win the conference? I'm all ears. Your favorite? This is from DraftKings. Your fa- so let me figure this out. Um, your favorite is Illinois. Illinois is the third choice. Really? Okay, so I'm confused. So I was going to put Illinois, Iowa, Michigan State. Iowa's the favorite. Are they good? This is not just uh, up at Jefferson and no. in Emmitsburg. This is they're in Illinois. DraftKings. Well, this is DraftKings everywhere. Yes, right. this this is their national numbers. This is available everywhere. So then it's not not just a bunch of Hawkeye money coming in mm-hmm. here in the state. This is across the country. Iowa the favorite plus two sixty five. Remember, they haven't won a regular season crown since nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, Wisconsin the second choice. Are they really plus three fifty? And just a little higher, three fifty five for Illinois. That's where my money would be. Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. That's where I'd be putting my money. Michigan State right behind them at plus three sixty. The Buckeyes ten to one. Michigan eleven to one. Indiana twenty to one. Purdue thirty to one. Might be worth a flyer. Just Purdue yeah. seems to always kind of be in the mix. True, but there's so many good teams in there the are. conference. I mean, Rutgers I think, also I think, thirty to one. Yeah, I think the I think Purdue can. Uh, outrun their odds, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, finish their odds, but I just don't see them, Trent. There's yeah, because they're, what, the eighth choice? Right. They'll probably be better than eighth. Maybe, yeah, yeah. But, but certainly they're not going to. And how be. many conference games are they going to play? Is it going to be 20? Are they going to play more? The fact that we haven't seen a schedule, and yes, there's non-con games that are part of it, makes me wonder if, if uh, more conference games are being talked about. I think so. I think so, too. I mean, I hope so. Right. It's so fun to watch that. I mean, I, I hope they play each other twice, home and home. Just play 24 games? Yeah, just do or 26 it. games, I guess it'd be, yeah. Well, there's still no Cyhawk announcement yet. What no. the hell is going on? I mean, McCaffrey wants to play it. Prome wants to play it. The, uh, uh, Barda wants to play it. I believe we've heard from Pollard as well. Everybody seems to be you know, willing to play the damn thing, but maybe it's not up to them, right? Two weeks from today, college basketball starts. Two weeks from yeah. today. We have the Iowa State home schedule. Of course, this game is scheduled to be in Carver this mm-hmm. year. Is it as simple as this is coming from higher up? It's the conferences that are going to yeah. make this call, I think. And they're still deciding, are they really going to play non-conference games? Boy, that'd be a stinger for Iowa. Yeah, Trent, the, the whole thing is, is going to be a stinger. I, I'm really worried, and, and and people get sick of me talking about it. We had a record yesterday. Mm-hmm. The country did, right? 130,000 new cases yesterday. More than that. North of that. A record that was set the day before. Um, it's it's out of control, it's, yeah. and, and it worries the hell out of me that we're going to be back in a spot uh, that this basketball, this college basketball season, is not going to be able to come off. Any theory why does it? 
Has anybody's... Because half the people won't follow the protocols that are in place. But they weren't in June and July and August But either. now we're inside. We're not out... We're, we're inside. We're not outside anymore. I guess. That's what... That's what the, but are you the inside sign. more? Oh, are, I'm are outside pe- all the time, and I have been since... Well, I'm all the time. <laughs> yeah. But you get my point. Um, look, the science said it's going to be worse in the winter. It's worse in the winter. Yeah. And we haven't even really hit winter yet. Tr- and it's been precisely. pretty mild this fall. Fauci warned that we may hit 100,000 cases if we're not careful. He was generous. We're, we're blowing by that every single day. Trent, mo- Sundays and Mondays used to be the lowest days of the week. Mm-hmm. Maybe get 28, maybe 32. We're up 100,000 on Sundays and Mondays. It's crazy. It is. The sports is on. Look at what, look what's going on through SEC football. Iowa State's next opponent, K-State. Mm-hmm. They got 20 cases in, 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 inside the football program. So what is this going to do? Is this going to... Because if K-State and Iowa State play... I guess they could put that game on the 12th because Oklahoma State Baylor are already there. That means the championship game gets moved to the 19th, which is still an option. It's not going to be at uh, Jerry Jones' place. It's going to be at the home of the Texas Rangers. The um, the SEC is in complete turmoil because LSU has now got two canceled games. The game with Florida has already been rescheduled on the 12th. The next week is the championship. So the SEC is actually tinkering with Moving their championship game back a week from the 19th of December to the day after Christmas. I'm in. <laughs> sure. Right? right? Yeah. Seven o'clock on the, on the day after Christmas would be, but again, um, then, then the playoffs start six days later. Does that, does Alabama, who will beat the crap out of LSU after LSU yeah. beat them last year with Joe Burrow? Um, they're, I mean, LSU is not very good. So that would force Florida and LSU to play on the 12th. Florida gets a bye on the 19th. Meanwhile, Alabama's uh, woodshedding LSU on the 19th. Then they play the championship game on the 26th, and the playoff teams or whoever comes out of that would play six days later in the college football playoff. Is the college football playoff set in stone? Can we move that a little bit? I mean, Mm -hmm. nobody wants to move off January 1st. Right, but it might become a reality that that's what's going to have to be done. And if this continues to happen, the problem in college football, again, is there isn't anybody in charge. Everybody's right. in charge of their That's own right. thing. Because very simply, if you had a czar, a president, whatever it is of NCAA football, you would say, this is what we're going to mm-hmm. do. We're going to adjust. Those January 1st games are going to be moved back a week. We're going to move to this Saturday. We're going to go here, 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 here. And all of a sudden, the championship is played late January on some Monday, and that's when you play that championship game. But because there isn't anybody in control, and everybody is right. in control of their own conference, that's not going to happen. And it's the same with the protocols. Mm-hmm. One, one league's 21 days, one day's 14 days. It's, it's Everybody's different. We don't know a couple of the conferences. They haven't made theirs public. Uh, but there's no one in charge of college football, to your point. Uh, let's let's do this story on, on sports wagering, because we both have an affinity towards it. Even as bad as Mr. Maction was last yeah, night. Yeah, you know what? You shot you. You, you went after Chris. and you, you, I'm you, still whooping Chris's ass. I, mean, I, I understand, but you went, you took a shot at the king, and if, you, if you take a shot at the king, you better not miss, and you took a shot, and you missed. And I did it with the Red Hawks of Miami of Ohio. If there's ever a time, you can't right. be doing it on Maction. What, what am I thinking on uh, that one? I know. I thought I was watching the game and pulling for you to win and knew <laughs> it was going very quickly. It wasn't good. It's 14 nothing, and then it's getting worse uh, that you were going to have egg all over your face. But you shot your shot, and yeah. you for that and a lot of folks did in the state of iowa this past month as we as a state set a record of sports wagering in the month of october um 
And it's just going to grow in November, one would think, because the Big Ten is going to be back for an entire month, is being back for, what, two Saturdays, 24th and the 31st, mm-hmm. 80, just under $82 million was wagered in the state of Iowa, breaking a record set the month before. What was it the month before? 72. Uh, so up just shy of $10 million on sports in the state. And here's the bad news. If you're a gambler, you got beat bad. The books, sports books want to hold anywhere from 3 to 5%. That's what that that's what their goals is, right? And um and I know that firsthand cuz I worked for one that had properties in and that's the, that's what they want to hold. People that I know you're a sports book director, you hit 10% for a month, you're going to get a bonus. Absolutely huge bonus. You're going to yes. get a bonus if you hit 10%. Well, there'll be a lot of bonus checks being written if that's the <laughs> uh, if that's in the contracts throughout the, of the uh-huh. book managers throughout the state of Iowa. The books held 11.11%. 11.11%. That is way way high. So Sharpen up, players. Mm-hmm. And you know what's going to get you? And it gets, Trent, Trent and I do this contest, right? We get a mythical bankroll over at Mediacom, and I plug along betting two games week after week after week. And at the end of the season last year, I was about five grand in Trent's boring money yeah. because he's playing parlay. Uh-huh. And because he's he's teasing lines back uh-huh. and, and I get it seems so well, I mean are you kidding me this team's getting this team's I only have to give up 7 they're going to crush well I'm going to move that line dot 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 and there's a reason those properties are as big as they are as opulent as they are and as many as there are uh they win you don't and parlays will get you I mean, there'll be times periodically you're going to read about some guy hitting an eight teamer. Mm-hmm. He spent uh, fifty bucks and he's walking out of there with thousands of dollars. There are very few of those stories, but when there are those stories, they make damn sure they're going to publicize them because that just sets that hook. Another thing uh, from the story talking about the sports wagering handle here in the state is there is now mobile wagering over on the western side of the state, which is new over in Council Bluffs. Mm-hmm. So. Those people, uh, Nebraska fans over... That's William Hill now, correct? It is, yeah. Yep. At the Harris property uh-huh. in Council Bluffs. So those people, now of course they can't do it in Nebraska. No, you have to get to the middle of the bridge. <laughs> middle of the bridge? Middle of the bridge. You, you know, know about that geofencing. It's crazy, Trent. I mean, it is within, literally. Because if you're in the state of Iowa, a state of Iowa, what's Iowa too? Um, but I learned about it in Nevada. Mm-hmm. And I first learned about it in the Venetian because we were going to get, we made an app in the Venetian. But once you get outside the property, the, mm-hmm. the limits. I mean, you set a foot on the sidewalk in Las Vegas Boulevard, boom, shuts down. Wow. It's just so accurate. It's within inches of, uh, of where you're supposed to be. So the people in Omaha that have that William Hill on their app or wherever they are in Nebraska, they'll have to get halfway through the river to the sign. You know the sign when you've been mm-hmm. over. Welcome to Iowa. And wager away. Right. And once you're there, you, Start don't firing. To, you don't want to park in the middle of the bridge. But, right. um, make it across. Make it across the bridge and then play and then go back in the car, back on the on-ramp and back into Nebraska. What is it? Yeah, it's great. It's big money and mm-hmm. good for Iowa. And I believe that that uh, number will um, just in continue to increase uh, in the month of November because the Big Ten will be in action for the entire season. And they were only two weeks part of this. One uh, final piece of this, the Q Casino is the one that had the lowest handle. Now, where's the Q Casino? Is that the one that's way up northwest, like Larchwood? I don't know. But that's the one that had the smallest hold, still 2.46%. 
But even that. I, so so who would be taking their money there? That's South Dakota, Minnesota? Probably, yeah, if it's the place that I'm thinking of. But even that, even in a terrible month for you, mm-hmm. you still brought in 2.4%. Oh, so you've got the – so so what did Prairie Meadows do? Do you have the breakdown It, does, it, it just mentioned oh, that gotcha, one at the end okay. of the article. And we usually get that breakdown – Usually see it probably next week. We'll probably see the full uh, breakdown. You know what? I bet it might be on now. It's it might. Um, Iowa Racing IRGC dot com dot gov. It might be on there now that you mention that because I think Brian uh, his team over there gets it up usually within ten days. And if the numbers are out um, and being reported as they are, they're getting them from somewhere. So I bet they're getting them from there. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm I'm seeing it right here. The document is ready. And I'll open that up and take a peek at Prairie Meadows. It's Wednesday. I also uh, have a few wagers at the end of the show on the Masters. You're still not into it. No, I'm not. Rom yesterday skipping it across at the hole-in-one. Yeah, I saw that. That That did nothing for you. Well, you know what it did, Trent? It fooled me because as I'm scrolling through Twitter, I see Jordan Spieth doing it. And he didn't put it in the hole, but it was a miraculous shot. So I thought it was a hype video. I didn't know that this was actually, this actually took place yesterday, but I did see the ROM thing, and boom, he curled it right in. It was a pretty miraculous shot. Um, but no, uh, I, I just I'm going to watch football on Saturday. I'm going to watch football on Sunday. So that's why. Which why don't we do this job? I think for, <laughs> yep. so we can talk about football from July through the the Super Bowl. Um, will I tune in during the day tomorrow? Sure. Is, is Tiger in the hunt on Sunday? No. Okay. Then no. does he make the cut? There's got to be a prop for there. That. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Does Tiger make the cut? Yeah. He makes the cut. I mean, it's Augusta. Hmm. Um. Yes, yeah, so I think he'll make the cut. I hope. I hope he makes the cut. I hope. I know CBS hope he makes the cut. Uh the queue is the dog track in Dubuque. Thanks, to my buddy Al. Uh, okay. Haven't seen Al in years, boy. So we hey, had, we had the fact right that it's in Iowa. We just missed the west and the east. Well, yeah, we're only enough. off by six hours. So I've I've been there. I think. I, Have I, you? Yeah, I've been to the dog track. Um, Shocking. There's still is there still a dog track yeah, over in Council Bluffs too? No, it's no, gone. Long that's gone. gone. In, in fact, the one in Dubuque, I think. I mean, dog racing in general is going away. Yeah, it, it's just it's dying. It's and and, and it should. All right, so we will. Uh, I'm anxious to see that Prairie Meadows number. Yeah. As, to, as to what their hold is. There's lots of sheets here. We'll we'll dig through it and find those numbers. Uh, coming up, uh, we've got Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal Star. Do you like the Huskers? Do you give the Huskers a chance? The number's three and a half. It almost seems they're getting three and a half. They're getting three and a half. See, I could see Penn State laying an egg against Maryland after Ohio State. Can I see them repeating that back-to-back weeks? No. There's still talent. I still think they're better. Yeah, but you know, I mean, they're they're not happy with Clifford at quarterback. No, what's happened there? I mean, always the running game is mm-hmm. is non-existent. Uh, Freermuth, the tight end, is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, losing Parsons the way they did. Did uh, you see much up. of that game, the Maryland Penn State? No, because I, I didn't either. I didn't. And all of a sudden, um, I flip on what in God's so, name so is what happening? Was, what was what time slot was it in? It, it was had, a two thirty three o'clock window, okay. right in there. Yeah, late afternoon. Yeah, I don't know what game. I was, was Oklahoma State, K State was uh, a big mm-hmm. part of that viewing window and the cocktail party so yes that's what and all of a sudden i see it kind of scroll across Uh and it's what what is happening here i I like penn state minus 24 last week too did you yeah i liked maryland yeah i liked maryland in that football game it's november my october hot streak is over i think that's what we're learning to start another one mr maxion shot his shot last night he went at chris and missed on twitter um 
We'll take a timeout. We'll give somebody an opportunity here to win $1,000. Stephen M. Simple coming up next. Bill Bender on college football. We'll talk to him at 1045. What side do you think Cappy's going to take on LaRusso? He loved the hire. He went on Zubin's uh, morning show on ESPN and um, said that LaRusso will win a championship before his time is up there. Cappy teased on Monday that yesterday ESPN 1000 is going to have a major announcement. Was it the White Sox, do you know? I saw that, and their GM then uh, tweeted, wait till Thursday. So they're still maybe crossing some T's, dotting some I's or on that. Or does the La Russa thing slow mm-hmm. the roll a little bit? You don't want to announce you're getting the White Sox the, While same, this is day, happening. the same day that the, the manager that you've hired is embarrassing himself, asking the cop who pulled him over for drunk driving after alert citizens had picked up the phone and dialed and said, we have a problem on our roads. There's someone that's driving all over the road. He's, he's clearly drunk. Please help this fellow citizens. And it's the newly minted manager of the Chicago White Sox who would go on to play the Do You Know Who? I am card. So maybe they wanted some time between that. <laughs> just clear a little just, bit. Just a thought. Uh, it's time for $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword HOPE to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win 1000 bucks. HOPE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. You know, awful job out of us. We should have started the show where we needed to start the show, and 22 minutes late, we'll make amends. Um, thank you for your service to all of the military people in the well audience said. this morning on Veterans Day. Uh, it's such a special day and um, means different things to different people, uh, but to all the veterans out there that have uh, sacrificed and families likewise who have sacrificed, uh, thank Thank you for what, what you have done. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. We will talk to Stephen M. Simple, Lincoln Journal star, Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX, and Owen 106- It's time for SIP. <laughs> Stephen M. Simple from the Lincoln Journal star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk corn huskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. All right, just about 10.30 on a Wednesday morning. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, 11 o'clock. FS1 has the game. It's Nebraska. It is Penn State. And Stephen M. Sippel, our friend from the Lincoln Journal Star, joins us uh, to talk about that game and to look back in Big Ten West in general. Hello, Stephen M. How are you? Hi, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you, sir. Let's go back last week before uh, moving forward. And I know that Scott Frost is at least—he's probably made a determination whose quarterback is going to be. Uh, he hasn't let on, to the best of my knowledge. You can correct me if that's not right. But uh, I watched a lot of that game. Sip as the Hawks were just taking Sparty to the woodshed. It was boring in the second half. It was so one-sided. Now, conversely, uh, Nebraska Northwestern was a relatively entertaining football game, uh, and more so when Luke McCaffrey got into the game. I thought he gave them something, Sip. Not that Martinez was terrible in the game portion that I saw, but McCaffrey, I don't know, just seemed to provide him a spark. Did you did you get that feeling watching the game in person? Um, Yes, I did. I thought everything moved a little faster. I think that's probably what you saw. And you're, you're right. 
um, in that Scott has not named a starter. I don't. I wouldn't expect him to. I guess it's possible when he when he meets with media today, but I don't. I don't know. I doubt it. Um, yeah, my feeling on the quarterback situ- situation is McCaffrey and Martinez, as portrayed by the staff, have been pretty even. And I think to start the season, the tie went to Martinez. But now that they're 0-2, and I think the program does need a spark. I mean, Iowa fans may not be in, as in tune, you know, your Iowa listeners, but Nebraska's lost seven of eight going back to last year. And the program might need a spark. And I think, so now I think the tie goes to McCaffrey. And I think, I think you do, you know, I'm not telling Frost how to coach and certainly not how to pick a quarterback, but I think that has to be a factor. That just the, just the fact that there's a, they, they, this program needs a spark. Is reality setting in, in year three now of Frost, that this rebuild is going to take a lot longer than maybe anybody anticipated, both within the fan base and the media, understanding that this thing, it's a long, long road to get back to even competing for a division title? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's possible that that, uh, that sort of thinking began last year. I mean, they lost five of their last six last year. Um, so, you know, their only win in the last 400 and some days, you know, 404, 405 mm. is against Maryland. Mm. I mean, that, that they just, you know, there just hasn't been a lot of winning going on around here. So from that standpoint, uh, I think a lot of people, I think they started to figure that out. Maybe in Scott's first year back in 218, when they lost their first six, um, that, I, this is going to be. This could take a little while. I don't know, though. I don't. It's people here. It's hard to. I, I, like I, I, Trent. I always say this, but everybody thinks a little differently around here. It's not like there's a blanket mm-hmm. way of thinking. Um, I'm not. I'm not of that mind necessarily. That it has to take a long time. I, I just kind of size it up week to week, and let's see what happens this week. Mm. Stephen M. Sip, a Lincoln Journal star. Sip, I'm kind of scratching my head, and, and my my guess is uh, that Husker fans are as well. well when I look at that roster, um, I mean, they, they've got some talent. Obviously, the, both of the quarterbacks are very athletic. But Wondell Robinson is, I, I think, a real matchup problem in the Big Ten. I mean, I saw enough of him as a freshman to think, all right, Huskers have something here. Maybe they do, but why aren't they utilizing him more, Sip? I don't think what, has he got ten catches um, combined in the two games so far this year, and only had four last week. Are defenses taking him out of the game, or why is he seemingly going um, not, not getting the uh, not getting the balls his way that I think? Well, I certainly think that he should get. Well, I, I mean, there's a lot. I think there's a a lot that goes into that discussion. It would. I do think there's a lot of attention on him, or or more attention than there would be, for instance, if Nebraska got what they thought they were going to get from Omar Manning. Yeah. He only played a few snaps against Northwestern. He didn't line up right one time. It's just they got to get him. It's going to take a while on Omar Manning. It looks like, but if you have a six four, two hundred twenty five pounder split wide, 
uh, and and he's a and he's a main target. He's one of your main targets. That that would help mm-hmm. one. That would help free up Wandale for sure. There's another very common sense element to the discussion, and you, what you saw Northwestern do is, you know, they they bunch up defenders towards the line of scrimmage and muck up the middle of the field, and that's a lot of the place where Wandale can operate as a slot guy, right? Yeah. Wandale is not the type of guy that you split out wide, Kenny, and and say, go beat that corner deep. He's really not that guy. He's not Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have that kind of speed. So it's a sort of an interesting conversation. They, they could get him the ball more maybe by lining up at running back, mm-hmm. putting him in the slot, running him on jet sweeps, um, you know, working him in the, in the like, with slants and stuff like that. But I don't know. I mean, it's – I'm not quite as adamant as a lot of fans are. You're, I mean, you're, you touched on a subject as a hot-button topic here. I'm not quite as – first of all, I want to see if he's that type of guy, you know. Um, and I think he did show last year that, that perhaps he was, but i got to see a little bit more. Sip, what do you read into the comments, Dedrick Mills, the running back after the game, when he was asked the question about McCaffrey and the difference there, and says, quote, he can move the ball more productively and faster. Anything to read into those comments coming from the starting running back? Well, Trent, I don't think you have to read into them. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> I, I, uh, I think they are what they are, and and it's kind of what me and Kenny talked about there at the Open, that, that, that McCaffrey does seem to make quicker decisions with the ball. He has sort of a natural kind of energy about him. Um, I'm not saying that Adrian can't make quick decisions and that Adrian doesn't have good energy too, because he does. But you saw, I mean, what Frost wants to do with this offense is a fast-paced, high-octane offense. Now, I mean, I'm not saying Adrian's holding him back, but again, I just go to the fourth quarter of that game. It did move faster. It It was like... The offense moved faster. Now, some of that late was because they had to. They were in a two-minute situation. But before that, I thought they moved it fast with him. And Scott has talked about that even going back into the preseason, that the offense moved quick with McCaffrey. So, I mean, that's – I think Diedrich Mills's comments were just reflective of reality. And, again, probably reflective of of the being the – choice that's about to come down the pike here of him taking over his quarterback. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Sip, I did notice, and apparently uh, Farmer um, had a, a blew a call, blew a play rather at some point in the game, but he also came back and had two picks in that football game, and he's a big kid uh, in that secondary. What does Nebraska have in him? And by the sounds of things, he's a work in progress too, but certainly a work in progress with a whole lot of upside. Yeah, they have some guys um, back there, young guys with some upside. He's one of them. Quentin Newsom started at corner in place of the suspended Cam Taylor Britt. He he looks like a player. They have a guy named Noah Pola Gates that they like. Um, Isaac Gifford is a Lincoln kid that is already playing on special teams as a true freshman. That's Luca Gifford's brother. So yeah, they have some guys back there they like. Farmer make Farmer's interesting to me. I, I wonder sometimes if. They might bulk him up um, and move him closer to the line of scrimmage because he's uh, not he's not that fast. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he he made some. I mean, that interception he made was critical, and I thought maybe that would put them over the top. But Nebraska 
the one thing we haven't talked about is that they haven't been good in the red zone. Yeah. Really, they haven't been good in the red zone in Scott Frost's tenure here, um, which is sort of an unforeseen development. But, you know, they, they got into the red zone seven times against Northwestern and scored one touchdown. So that's, that's, that's a big topic here. Uh, what do you see in in Penn State, Sip? I mean, this is a team that they 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 I hate to use the cliche, but they did. They played Ohio State tough and left it all out there. Couldn't get back up for a Maryland team that I think that they thought would waltz in there and uh, they'd be able to handle them pretty easily. That wasn't the case, obviously, as Tua's brother uh, looked terrific in that game. What do you think? What kind of Penn State team is going to come to Lincoln on Saturday? Well, listen. I, there's a really interesting angle to this game, in my opinion, and that is if you're a Nebraska fan, it's a so, sort of uncomfortable angle, and that is look what Maryland did to Penn State. Now, you're playing them the Nebraska's playing Penn State the week after Maryland dismantled them. Maryland was terrible last year. In fact, Nebraska beat Maryland 54-7. to mm-hmm. But Maryland now has, has victories against Minnesota and Penn State. If you can't beat Penn State, a week after Maryland dismantled them. It's not the greatest look, right? (laughs) In fact, it would put you in the very bottom of the Big Ten, I mean, the bottom two or three teams, which is probably where you're at already anyway. But, I mean, it would solidify your your position down there. It's just not a good look. I mean, Maryland took them to the woodshed. And now, a week after, you're getting sort of what looks like a limping team. And I don't think they're all – I don't think it's going to be a – Penn State team that plays with its hair on fire. I, everything I've heard, heard suggests that won't be the case. Mm-hmm. Now, seems like you better win that game, you know. So I'm 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 really watching it from that angle. Will there be fans for Illinois the following week? Except you hearing anything? Yeah, I talked to Bill Moose about that very subject on Saturday, um, and and he doubts it. He's not mm. he's, he, I mean what he said exactly is I'm not holding my breath. Mm-hmm. The pandemic numbers here are terrible. I mean yeah. we're in a we're in sort of a fix in terms of hospital available hospital beds. It's not I mean it's not now I don't I don't know how to portray it. It's a pretty serious situation. The Big 10 footprint zip um, is really bad. Yeah, it's a it's we're not in a good situation in Lincoln. So no, I I like I'll just say Bill Bill was hopeful at one point. But the the COVID numbers spiked here, and now it just doesn't look it doesn't look like it'd be a wise move at all. Yeah, I'm with you. Gary Barta felt the same way. He was hopeful, and um, I'm not. I'm not. We're not hearing much about that uh, at least this week. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star. We'll talk to you a week from today. We'll preview Illinois. Then the following week, Black Friday, boy, it's, it's going to be here fast. A uh, uh, week. What would that be? Six of the season. Um, Goes quick. I, it does go quick. Stephen, have a great week. Thank you, pal. Yeah, thank you, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Uh, Stephen Simple from the Lincoln Journal Star, Penn State. The last win was against Maryland. What did he say, 400 days ago? Or one win yeah. in 400 days? When you put it like that, they've lost seven out of their last eight, or they haven't won a game in 400-plus days. Or I would, I would have anticipated, you would have told me back December 2017, that this is where they'd be in year three. I would have, I would have said no way. And the natives would be a lot more restless than it seems like they are. Resigned, maybe? You know, yeah. there's a lot of folks out there, Big Ten, and maybe not in Purdue or maybe not mm-hmm. in Northwest, but kind of, this is kind of a mulligan season. Yeah. 
I mean, everybody gets a year of eligibility. There's going to be cancellations. Nebraska has had Wisconsin-Nebraska game didn't happen. There's, there's no money to fire people. That's just it. There, there's four cancellations this week in the SEC. A lot of think fans, you can't go to the games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that this was kind of one of those mulligan years. Anyways, uh, we shall see. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Uh, more college football, but we'll expand behind, uh, behind or beyond rather the borders of the state of Nebraska. Bill Bender, College Football News, uh, Cappy at eleven oh five, Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty kicks and Owen one oh six IA dot org. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO, and now on one oh six point three FM. This is KXNO. Welcome back to Morning Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Thanks to Stephen M. Simple, Lincoln Journal star. More college football conversation with our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Uh, Bill Trenton, Ken, as always, great to speak with you. Uh, the, the SEC, not in a good spot, Bill, as you know. Four games have now been uh, canceled, postponed. I mean, some of them may be made up. Some of them might not be made up. Uh, the schedule's in flux as far as Florida LSU are already scheduled to play on the makeup day of the 12th. I don't know where Alabama and LSU are going to play. This thing is, um, there's not enough weeks on the calendar, Bill Bender, perhaps to get this all in. Is there a possibility that the SEC championship could move? And is are the playoffs set in stone on the 1st of January? I mean, I, I know that makes sense, but is there any wiggle room there, do you know? I don't think so, and I wouldn't wiggle it. I, I would get it in now because every week's going to have this. Uh-huh. Um, big issue, and what it's going to come down to with the SEC is if Alabama and Florida haven't kind of wrapped up, there's no reason to play either one of those teams. Good point. To play LSU on December 12th. Mm-hmm. But if they die, I mean, but, you know, tell that to an A&M fan or, you know, uh, somebody if, if Florida finds a way to lose another one somehow. But I, that's just my personal opinion, that, that if they have it wrapped up, skip that game, go play the conference championship game, LSU short two games, but LSU probably doesn't want to take L's in those two games either. Yeah, going to help the bottom line, certainly for LSU, coming off that national championship season and playing so many young guys and as bad as they are defensively. If we get to a spot later on here in a little more than a month, leading up to the championship games, and then cancellations happen there, there is no president. There is no college football guy that can say, we're moving things back. What would it take? And is it even a realistic possibility that they could move the, the the semifinals, which are what, Sugar and Rose this year, the championship back a week, those type of things. Is that even a realistic option at all? I mean, they could, but I just don't think it'd be smart. I mean, play the schedule you have. You have to have a deadline. And that's the problem. I mean, then you can say the NBA didn't have a deadline, but they're doing the draft and then playing the season like a week later at this mm-hmm. point right. into the next year. Yeah. You can't spill college football into another year, throw off the recruiting calendar, not to mention you'll be competing with the NFL anyway. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what the NFL is going to be doing. So I think there has to be a harsh deadline on the season, honestly. And, you know, what are you going to do? Play into January and say, well, if we have one more week, we can get these games in. now. you you got to cut it off now. Mm. Bill, can you make a case that um, one of the, maybe not the biggest game, but it's pretty big, 
Northwestern Purdue, I mean, for the, for I guess the, 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 the top of the Big Ten West at this point, is this maybe as big a game as there is this week in college football? Maybe? Uh, it's up there. And very much in terms of top 25 action this weekend, I think we're down to 14 games now. Um, it's not a great schedule at all. I mean, most the big game that will judge get the most reaction will be Michigan-Wisconsin sure. for obvious reasons, but it's not about competitive reasons, I don't think. You know, So certainly something to keep in mind as we move forward. But, yeah, you're right. I think that's a big game for the Big Ten West. It's wild. That's where we are. How about Wisconsin coming off the mat? What are your expectations? We've seen a wide array here. Teams coming off of quarantine playing very well. The NFL, the Titans, what they did when they finally were able to play. And we've also seen the other side of the ledger where teams come out and, well, they look like they haven't been practicing for a couple of weeks. What are your expectations coupled with a Michigan program that just looks like they don't have any clue after week one? No, I mean, it's it, it's the pass defense is bad. The scheme, teams have figured out. Um, I think if Wisconsin plays you know, and assuming they've practiced and, and gotten properly prepared for this game, Graham Merck should have a good game. Mm-hmm. Michigan ranks 103rd in the FBS in pass defense. It's unheard of for, for a Don Brown defense. They're not getting to the quarterback. They're not putting pressure when they need to, and it shows. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. I won't be surprised, I guess. The question is, what does it mean for Michigan long term? I still think... They're going to chalk this up to COVID. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to come back next year, one more year around Harbaugh. But that's assuming that Harbaugh doesn't leave. I don't think he'll get fired is what I'm trying to say. It, have you heard anything, Bill, that there, is there any speculation that he is looking around or looking for a, a soft landing, if you will? But I guess that would be the NFL in his case. Is there speculation along those lines? I mean, there's always been speculation about the NFL. I've always maintained the weird stance to have with them. But my line, and I think I've probably used it a hundred times on you guys' show, is that I still think Jim Harbaugh's a better NFL coach than a college coach, but I think he's better for college football than the NFL. Mm -hmm. Second end of that statement starting to wear off a little bit because you're starting to wonder after you watch Saturday. I I don't know how much you guys watched, probably busy watching Iowa destroy Michigan State, but that leads into my answer is they lose to that Michigan State team, and Indiana wasn't an upset. Indiana nope. was a better team, yep. better talent on the perimeter, better execution, better coach team on both sides. I don't even think it was close. It, and it starts with better quarterback with Michael Penix Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Bill, and I'm, this is probably a better question for this time next week, because, but I don't think the Wisconsin game is going to end up in the wind calling for Michigan. Can you imagine if they go to Rutgers the following week and get beat? I mean, there's, and I think Rutgers is better than, you know, Rutgers was thought to be going into. Shano's going to get that program to the middle of the Big Ten East at some point, I would think. But how bad would it be if they lose to Rutgers the following week? Well, if they lose this weekend, you know, it's 500 at best. And if they lose that, then it's all bets are off. I mean, the end of the Brady Hoke era, I remember it. It was uh, they lost to Rutgers in Maryland. They lost at Rutgers, and they lost at home to Maryland on the last second field goal, and that was that. And Maryland and Rutgers are improved teams. They're teams that typically Michigan blast through in about a half hour, unless <laughs> that's going to happen. And the biggest thing with it is, I, I say this every time they lose, and it's like so easy for me to see when Michigan is going to lose. If you watch the first 10 minutes, 
and they can't run the ball for more than two yards of play, they are going to lose. And that's what happened for Saturday. All right, Bill, uh, let's go to your home state. And we're not going to talk about the Buckeyes. We're not even going to talk about your Bobcats. We're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bearcats. It feels like BYU has a lot of buzz. Mm -hmm. People are having fun with undefeated Liberty after their win last week in Coastal Carolina, potentially matching up at the end of the season to undefeateds. But the Bearcats are humming along. That offense looks good. And Luke Fickle has a defense. Just how good is this Cincinnati team? And if they do run the table, do you give them a real shot at getting in there? Going to need help, obviously, to get into the college football playoff. But the possibility of that coming down. No, I think uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, one of the stats I've been throwing out there, Trent, is there are more undefeated that have played multiple games in the power five or in the group of five in the independent ranks than there are in the power five counting Notre Dame hmm. as an ACC team. It's wild to me, right? Mm-hmm. That you got teams from Coastal Carolina to Marshall to I, I'm telling you, from watching the match, and Buffalo is good. Yeah, they are. Buffalo's got two yeah. really good running backs, and they're, they they should be ranked soon. Um, and it's going to lend the more the more of these teams that go undefeated. I think BYU and Cincinnati are locks as well. At the end, if we're sitting here and COVID has wrecked the schedule. I mean, the MLB did it, NHL did it. Yep. Why not have like an experimental 18 playoff, put them in a bubble and go from there? I don't know if it's feasibly done. I hope Bill Hancock's not listening because he probably get a headache listening to me. But it's not the worst idea. No, I, I'm with you. Other than the fact that we're asking amateurs to give, but uh, and the other ones obviously are getting paid. I, I, I could see it, Bill. There's just so much money, and um, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. So help me out, big picture on this. And obviously, there's more football to be played. But it looks as though Ohio State is clearly one of the best teams in college football, and I would say the same about Alabama. So those two in either order, we get to the playoff, and they're one and two. Clemson, if they beat Notre Dame, is going to get the three, I would think. And then it's going to come down to a really difficult decision because Notre Dame plays Clemson tough in the ACC championship. You've got Florida looking. Uh, they played Alabama tough in the SEC championship. Uh, it's going to be, you know, if we are, if we do stay at four, Bill, uh, this is going to be a fascinating discussion, the way that this unfolds as to how they come up uh, with that fourth seed uh, with those. And A&M's playing pretty well. Oklahoma's playing their best football of the year. I think they're out of it. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen in the Pac-12, but uh, Clemson, Ohio State, and um, uh, and Alabama, I would think, are going to get three. And then what? Well, I think Notre Dame still got the inside track on it. That's why that game is so important. If they keep it closed, it'd be hard to turn them away. But if Cincinnati and Oregon go undefeated, they'll be in the mix, and, and that's the number one rule, stay unbeaten. I think Oklahoma, despite how well they're playing, I mean, two losses they're going to keep them out. Yep. Um, and then Florida's the other one. But here's the thing, and that SEC is kind of – you guys do such a good job of circling back our conversations. <laughs> that Florida-Alabama game – is huge, but that Florida-Alabama game is going to become a contentious point with that LSU game. Because LSU, I think, can give either one of those teams at least a run. Mm-hmm. So what if why would you have one team play them and the other not? You, I agree with you. Because one would get a bye going into the championship. And that's really going to be something that I think heats up. Yep. And that's why I'm writing about it right now, so don't tell anybody <laughs> for the next 20 minutes. You know what? And I like your idea, Bill. But blow them both off. If, if LSU doesn't need them. And for a competitive uh, level playing field, 
there's no need to play that game on the 12th, Florida and uh, and LSU. There's no need to try and squeeze Alabama LSU back on the schedule. Give them both the bye and then let them decide in Atlanta who's going to win the SEC and do so by running the same race and having the same bye. You're on to something, Bill Bender. Yeah, well, that's what I'm going to go right to have people get angry at me and say that LSU should play both. And, I mean, we're just running out of time. Yep. And, again, it's the SEC did do a good job of building in bye weeks, but at the same time, the the COVID-19 doesn't care, right? I, I've told people yeah, that it just does not care, nope. and it will not stop until there's a vaccine. And, you know, this is one of those weeks that you kind of as, as excited as I was about last weekend kind of hurts looking at this weekend's schedule. Not nearly as fun. Toledo beat Western Michigan tonight? It's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think it Turn is into it. The Bobcats got on the winning track last Yeah, they saw that. I knew I was going to split that in there. <laughs> Glad you did. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Bill Bender. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bill Thanks, Bender, Bill. Sporting News, SportingNews.com for Bill Bender. We appreciate his contribution as always. Cappy's next. Cherry Stone of Iowa sponsors. Hour 2 coming up, 1460, 106.3 FM.